The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon, everybody. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. What's going on? How was your Tuesday? Thanks for joining us here on the Full Court Press. How was your fantastical Tuesday? How's yours, Eric? Fantastical? Yeah. You Uh, like that? It it was good. It was good? Yeah, it was good. It was good. So I was going to get into the Hamilton thing, and then I I saw like a preview of it or whatever, and I thought, nope, I'm not doing this. It is not for me. What do you have against culture? (laughs) Don't. Don't. Don't bring the whole culture thing into this. What do you have against like... Clever, smart lyrics. It's and not performances. It's not clever. It's not clever. Ajay, think about it. They took the story about a guy who created American financial system and made it really interesting. <laughs> and and uh, uh, using modern techniques of storytelling about. A founding father who was interested in banking. It just, there's nothing. I mean, who knew anything about the guy in the $10 bill before? Amusing about watching that. I, I sat there and saw the preview or whatever it is, the trailer, and thought, yeah, this, this just looks bad. Ah, uh, you, you just got to watch it. I'd rather watch Tiger Lily or Tiger King or whatever that is. <laughs> Tiger King. Uh, interesting day in sports. Um, people posting things on social media, getting out of control. Oh, what happened now? Well, we we already talked about Ty Shaw yesterday. Mm-hmm. University response Sunday night. Um, apparently, uh, they were supposed to be having some um, meetings yesterday or or today. Gary Anderson in his leadership committee. You know that that investigation is going on. We haven't heard. Uh, too much more detail about it. Uh, Ty Shaw was involved in an exchange on social media. Um, and uh, uh, there are some publications that have posted the full dialogue that was going back and forth. I don't know that it necessarily helps Ty Shaw. I don't know that it necessarily hurts him either. Um, because here's but, the... Because th- the bottom line, he said some that's, things see, that's that the just... Thing. Weren't whether appropriate. whether the guy baited him into it or not, context you, is important. It is, but when you still say it, like context is important when it's coming out of your mouth. Sure, but the way that he said it and the what he said, it pretty much <laughs> it, it pretty much demolishes any hope on his end. All right, it was whether it he was, was a, baited into it or not, or whatever the situation is. He still said it. Right. It was a mistake that you know, things were said that he, he didn't need to say, that he did say. Hey. Uh, and then Deshaun Jackson posting with the Philadelphia oh, Eagles. dude, yeah. I wake up this morning, and I see that, and I thought, dude, athletes need to have their social media accounts taken away from them just for the next six to 50 years. Just lose the social media. Get rid of it. So Deshaun Jackson Basically posted some quotes from Hitler. Oh, gosh. And then he comes out. And his he <laughs> in his intent, and we'll we'll play a clip from him, was to talk about, you know, his his race and 
maybe something that was good about his heritage, but in doing so, it really was very negative and incendiary towards those of a Jewish background. So that created a lot of problems. Yeah, if you're looking for any kind of good news today uh, from our show, or at least that we're going to give you, we have none for you. No, it's not totally true. There, there's very Major League Baseball's announced their plan, their schedule. We now know who's going to be playing when. Okay, but that's, that's gonna, good. No, but that's going to get overlooked and probably, honestly, covered by Deshaun Jackson's idiocy, and then the article from ESPN's Tim McMahon, who actually goes takes a deep dive into what spun this Rudy Donovan relationship out of control. And uh and it's really a bad look on the Jazz. It's a bad look on Gail Miller. It's a bad look on Steve Starks. It's a bad look on on the PR department uh led by Derek Garduno. It's a bad look on everybody. The Jazz did a really crappy job and they botched it from the start. And they never recovered. And the article on ESPN.com, again, by Tim McMahon, who's really good, kind of gives you a pretty lengthy look uh, of what set it off and where it's going. Can I tell you? I don't know if we want to lead off with this or not. Sure. After reading that article, Eric, Donovan and Rudy will be gone from Utah. Rudy's going to probably be gone by the after. Rudy will be gone after this season. And Donovan Mitchell is going to leave too. They might be for separate. I, they're going to be for separate reasons. Rudy's going to leave because he's probably not a big fan of the Jazz organization. And he can't stand Donovan Mitchell. I think he leaves because of that. And, and, and really, in I guess... The Jazz will probably trade him to get some value out of it. Donovan's going to leave because he has this love-hate relationship with Utah Jazz fans um, over some political comments that were made. Uh, well, I guess, no, not political, excuse me, but uh, his social media posts that were not reacted to the way he was hoping for. So he's gone too. And by the way, it's going to, when that happens, after Rudy leaves, it's going to maybe set us back one to two years. After Donovan leaves, it's going to set us back another four to five. Jazz will not be a playoff team for the next eight years. Right, so, so what is it in this article that you think is so inflammatory that you think it exposes that this, this relationship is untenable, that it cannot continue? Uh, between the two or between, like, you, Rudy go Because, again, Rudy... Let's I, start with the organization and okay, the players. Okay, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, so, the organization part. Rudy Gobert did not get protected from the Utah Jazz organization through all this. In fact, Rudy Gobert wasn't allowed to meet with media, but Donovan Mitchell was. And Donovan Mitchell was crucifying Gobert. You know, yeah, you know, we're not really good friends. Yeah, he made a mistake, this, that... And there was never like a chance for, I the Jazz never put up a shield for Gobert. But then it goes back before this. Now we're even talking before this. Um, you know, Gobert not getting the touches he wanted in the post, and then on the other end, 
go ahead and uh, reacting to it by not playing defense on the opposite end. I mean, you look back to that Phoenix game that they had where Phoenix lit them up. Like, it was a it was an absolute crap show. And I feel like Quinn Snyder was losing control of his basketball team. And then the coronavirus came through. Rudy Gobert test positive. And the Jazz, like I said, the Jazz organization never protected Rudy. A guy who has been there and, and kind of been the backbone of this franchise while they were going through this uh, really terrible couple of years, and now is back-to-back defensive player of the year, and the Jazz never protected him in it. They never really said, hey, you know, we understand that Rudy tested positive. We don't know where he got it from, though. It was, yeah, Rudy tested positive, period. And that had to bug bear so much. And while national um, outlets... And even local allies like uh, like ourselves, maybe myself, kind of pegged Rudy. Rudy's just taking darts left and right all over the country. Maybe all over the world. But yet, nobody protected him within the organization, and including Donovan Mitchell. And we talked about it before. We saw Donovan Mitchell's lack of maturity at times. It definitely showed when talking about Rudy Gobert. When it was towards Rudy Gobert. He went on Good Morning America. Admitted, you know, that it was after his positive test. He said, it took me a while, it took me a while to kind of cool off, quote-unquote. Like, why? And then Rudy Gobert, again, is getting blasted by everybody. But he's not, but he's not allowed to do interviews. He's not allowed to meet with the media. Really bugged me, and and I can see where Gobert's upset. Yeah, it, it's it was, and we've detailed this. It was odd how the Jazz handled some of that. It was uh, they horrible. didn't rush to his his defense. They let it play out. They said they were handling things internally, but they weren't. Didn't sound There's like they no were. No way really they were. Got their arms around it very well. Two of your best players. And look, people are going to say, well, hey, Scotty and Michael Jordan could get through it. Kobe and Shaq could get through it. That was NBA contending title teams. The Jazz are not one of those. And in fact, I'm trying to think of a dominant pair like Gobert and Mitchell that was not an NBA title contending team. But them, and if they were contending for a title, absolutely. You know, I think they could get through it and say, hey, look, we, need, we have a championship we need to win. But they're not. They don't have Bojan Bajanovic. Ingles is scared about leaving the bubble be- or going into the bubble because he's got a pregnant wife at home. Mike Conley's going to leave for his, the birth of his child, and which is completely understandable. They aren't going to win the championship. They might even be out in the first round. This relationship has has uh, well, it, it's definitely volcanoed. been it's been strained absolutely. Um, in, in time away from each other, uh, it probably hasn't really helped. No, I mean there was probably a part where it was good to have some separation so they could get some get some time to to cool off, but at the same time, maybe a little bit too much time 
was was given to them so that they kind of held on to things and began to believe what you know, some of the, the dialogue that was going out there, that that was the case rather than try to move on. Uh, it is a lengthy article on ESPN. The yeah, Athletic, uh, Tony Jones did an interview and uh, did some things with uh, with Rudy for The Athletic. And basically it's, you know, Rudy is like, hey, I, I want to stay here in Utah. I want to bring a championship to Utah. Uh, I've grown. I've learned. Uh, I've matured. Um, I know I did some things that were wrong, but uh, I'm ready to go out and and uh, help my team win. Why do we say some things? What What are we talking about here? Like, I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to stand on the on the Go Bear side of the box, and I'm going to try to defend him here. Like, people are like, "Yeah, he did some things wrong." What What are some things? I'm. What am I missing here? By the way, if you want to text in and be involved with our show, you can. By I were calling even. Uh, four three five three three nine zero three two one to text in four three five seven five two one zero six nine to call in. Eric, what what are we talking about that Gobert did wrong? What did Gobert do wrong? Well, he uh, touched mics. Yeah, well, I think it's more than that, and I think that's what? why. Well, what are we? Where are we at now? I, I'm I'm not understanding because I think that. Proved to be the room was filling with gasoline or fumes from gasoline, and then touching the mics and getting uh, confirmed positive for coronavirus. That was like someone throwing a match into a closed room okay, where that he- had been filling up and it had been festering and growing, mm-hmm. and then it ex- and then it exploded. But here's the thing, Eric. We were making fun of the corona freaking virus. Yeah, at we that were. time. Like we, we didn't think it was any one serious. of us could have been the accidental guy like Rudy Gobert. Yeah, I and he and he did. He made a joke out of it, just like all of us did on radio. That's why I think it got overblown because the the there was already a strained relationship, and that's why there were such hard feelings because those it was already a strained relationship. Okay, uh, based on this article and just to iterate or illustrate where the relationship was before the pandemic. Again, this is according to Tim McMahon, an article that he put together on ESPN. Uh, He says, Gobert rarely hesitates to let teammates know if they miss him when he's open around the rim. He'll occasionally point point up during play in animated fashion, sometimes as he's running back on defense, to note that a lob should have been thrown. He'll often air his gripes verbally during games and again in film sessions. Mitchell hears it the most simply because as the Jazz's go-to guy has the ball in his hands the most, that, according to several Jazz sources, has been the primary irritant in an overall successful partnership. Holy cow. That's it? That's all we're talking about? And here's a Jazz source who spoke in in an uh, Oh, I would too right now if I were that Jazz source. Says, if you take a paper towel and just drip water on it, the paper towel is going to get moist, and then it's going to get damp, and eventually it's going to break. Rudy has to pick his spots, and Donovan can't react to everything. Sometimes you have to play chess and appease your teammates. It's not about being right all the time. Sometimes it's like, it happened and let's move on. Is it about you trying to prove your point to one another or us trying to win? Close quote. And then Rudy, later on, says, you know, he admits, I understand that I'm annoying. I can be annoying. This is only because I know we can be really good. I've been demanding of my teammates. 
Again, you know what? If that's the case, then Rudy should go play with another team that actually understands his value. Michael Jordan, they would have hated Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan would have won in six championships, but Donovan, would, he would have made Donovan cry. He would have made Donovan cry and want to leave. If that's really what was going on, oh my gosh. Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were in the 98 finals of game one, I believe. And Scottie hits a game-tying three. And Jordan chews his A butt out. About to say something else. He chews his butt out <laughs> because he didn't give him the ball to hit the game-tying three. Instead, Scottie Pippen hit it himself. And Jordan lit him up going, in, going back to the bench. Gobert's just asking to get the ball when he's got a mismatch and you're going to like freak out because he's telling you to give him the ball? That that's what we're that's what we're griping about. Holy cow. Donovan needs to go take his ball and go somewhere else. Well, I don't know that I where I stand on this issue, but I oh, saw yeah. this earlier today, somebody saying there there aren't that many great defensive centers in the NBA. True. There are a lot of guys like Donovan Mitchell in the NBA. Okay. Where do you stand on it? <laughs> I understand that sentiment. But I think the Utah Jazz have not had a guy like Donovan Mitchell in a long, long time. Yeah, we have. We had Gordon Hayward. Donovan Mitchell is, has been better than Gordon Hayward was. I No way. No, I think I think because of the system, the offensive system, the way it was used, and the usage rate for Donovan Mitchell is a lot higher than it was for Gordon Hayward. That's Gordon true. Hayward could do things and move without the ball being in his hands. Donovan Mitchell has to have the ball in his hands. His usage rate is, I mean, just cliffs and mountains above Gordon Hayward's. But Gordon Hayward was still an incredibly consistent scorer, and Gordon Hayward made his team better. I don't think Donovan Mitchell has made his team better. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. No, that's, and that's okay. And this is a great discussion to have because I think Donovan One Mitchell we had. is a closer. Gordon Hayward wasn't. Ah, <laughs> look at Donovan Mitchell by quarter, and he's at his best in the fourth. He doesn't okay, but, shy but, away but from the But then look moment. at the guys that surrounded Gordon Hayward. Joe Johnson. Yeah, Joe Johnson's one of the best closers in the you know in the game. I guess in the modern era, it's true, if you will. Uh, I put in honestly, Derek Favors when he was healthy was incredible. Honestly, just so dang gifted. Um, give me. I, I, George Hill's not a closer, but I think George Hill could learn. He'd have the experience of where he could take over a game because he's been in those situations. Gordon Hayward wasn't meant to close games with the roster had built around him. Yes, he was. He was no still way. The, he was still the foundational centerpiece. And by the way, he was still the most key component of those games, even though he didn't hit the game-winning shot. And don't you forget, Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James at Vimes Wall Arena, Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward at Dallas, a buzzer beater. It was by Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward hit clutch buckets down the stretch. Just because he didn't hit one at the buzzer doesn't mean he was a closer. wasn't a closer. Gordon Hayward did a lot offensively in closing moments to seal a game. I still look at the Clippers. Game 7 at LA. Gordon Hayward. Absolutely. 
Oh, don't get me wrong. I liked Gordon Hayward when he was in the Jazz Uni. Uh-huh. And I felt like he could have had a really successful career with the Jazz. But I think that Donovan Mitchell is a little more versatile. Yeah, versatile, definitely. But I He gives you more on the court. He can. He can. But he doesn't because his usage rate is high, but it doesn't, it's not effective. It's not productive to me. I think Gordon Hayward was a more productive player on the court than Donovan Mitchell was because even though he had a lower usage rate and less, I guess, per ball possession, he was still an effective player. And I think even defensively, Gordon Hayward is better than Donovan Mitchell. That might be tough. I might be, I might be scraping the edge there. I wonder, I think that, I will grant this, I think that Gordon Hayward and Rudy Gobert would probably coexist better oh, heavens, than Donovan yes. Mitchell and Absolutely. Rudy Gobert. Absolutely agree with you on that. I, I could not agree with you more. Just that Donovan Mitchell, as you said, needs to have the ball in his hands a little bit more. God, you got me so amped up now. Jeez. But he can break guys down and create. Mm-hmm. I oh. it, when everybody's tight, Donovan can go to work and still make things make things happen. But but does he make the right? Gordon Hayward would make the right decisions. Donovan Mitchell has sometimes. We're also comparing Gordon Hayward at the tail end of his time with Utah to to Donovan, who's only in his third year. Gordon uh, was in his fifth year before he left the Jazz, so there's a little more time. Or so he Gordon had been with the Jazz longer. Yeah, but I mean, we're just talking a two year span, and, and and you know what? Who's to say that Donovan Mitchell's going to make it the next two years with the Jazz? Then what? I mean that, and that's the thing. Lose if we don't get. I guess this is more an oblivious comment to say, if anything. Um, not seem not oblivious, but obvious. If we don't get Donovan Mitchell, we're set by we're set back so many years. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I will give Donovan this. Uh, when we got Gordon Hayward, uh, we were still we didn't we didn't make the playoffs for what? How many years? Yeah, Utah was a bad. Team. Yeah, I I mean, and and it might have been attributed to. I mean, Sloan was on his way out. 25 to 35 wins a year. Tyrone Corbin just did not fit at all whatsoever. Quinn Snyder comes in, changes some things, but we're still in the stretch. Darren Williams was still on the team. Yeah. Wait, when Quinn was here? No, when Gordon Hayward arrived. Yeah, yes, absolutely. And so, I, but, I, but again, I, I think with that Gordon Hayward, it was just a bad hand dealt. I mean, people were falling in and out uh, of the organization. I mean, you had change in ownership. Don't forget about that. Uh, or I guess in GM with uh, the Significant, Millers. Significant, yeah, decision-making so, shifted. And so, I mean, we're looking at some major, major haul and changes throughout Gordon Hayward's tenure here that really messed things up in a lot of ways, especially hiring Tyron Corbin. It's just, I love the guy, but it just didn't work out. But then Donovan Mitchell comes in, and they go to the playoffs those first two years. Or three years, excuse me. Is it three now? Is that right? The Oklahoma City, is it two or three that he's been in the league? The Donovan's I, been in the league? Yeah, this is third this year. This is the end of his third year. Okay. So so two first two years he goes to the playoffs. Because he won the slam dunk championship his rookie season. Rookie season. Thank you. Uh, but I, I, I don't see that Donovan Mitchell can maintain that success 
without Rudy Gobert. Without Rudy Gobert, the Jazz do not make the playoffs again. Without Donovan Mitchell and with Rudy Gobert, I don't know if they make it. But I think they're a bit closer. I don't know if Donovan alone can hold this franchise together. You think if Rudy Gobert leaves, but Donovan stays, they're not a playoff team. Mm -hmm. But if Rudy stays and Donovan leaves, they are a playoff team? (sighs) No, but I think they're closer to being a playoff team than they are without him. Without him, I don't know if the Jazz even sniff eight. The eight seed, I should say. With Gobert, I think the Jazz can see a light at the end of the tunnel of the playoffs. I don't know if they make well, it. I will, I will say this. I think that if you do have, and we got to take a, a break here, but I do believe that if you have a, a strong defensive presence, you're going to be in a lot of games. It's going to help you to stay in and be a part of a lot of games. If you have Rudy Gobert anchoring the defense, uh, you're gonna your team's gonna have some chances mm-hmm. to be in some games. But if you don't have offensive firepower around him, then you're just gonna be good at holding teams to lower than average scores. You'll still get beat. You just hold them to lower than their averages. Yeah. That- yeah, that's so tough. Because Rudy Gobert, for all of his his accolades, all the things he does does well, he's not a dominant offensive force yet. And I don't know that he'll get there. I mean, as long as he's been in the league, he's improved his offensive skill set, but he's I don't know that he's going to be a guy that's going to give you 20 to 25 points. But a night. tell me a guy of his stature that is a good defensive and offensive player. I'd probably say probably the closest player to him that I could think of would probably be, well, I think of Andre Drummond, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre's not a great offensive guys player. Guys that can protect the rim, but most of their offense is on putbacks and dunks. Yeah. Gobert is more efficient offensively, and I guess more versatile is the word you use about Donald Mitchell. I'll use it about Gobert. Is more versatile than than DeAndre. But then look Trump. at Mark, like a guy like Mark Gasol, who can protect the yeah. rim, but then he'll go outside yeah. and pop a three in your. Yeah, eye. no, 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 and I like that. Actually, that's a good one. And you know what? I almost put Joel Embiid above yeah. Rudy oh, Gobert. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jokic definitely would be more offensive skill set. Yeah. But again, but then to put some, but to find someone as quality of defensive side of the ball as Regal Bear and yet effective, high effective rate offensively, man, that you're asking a lot. That's a ton to be asking. All right, the, the debate continues. A uh, couple different publications today highlighting Rudy Gobert and some of the relationships going on within the Jazz organization. Uh, one article, a lengthy one, on ESPN, which is free and easy to read for everybody, but also one on The Athletic. You do need a subscription to read that one. Uh, if I had to tell you, if you had to choose one or the other, I would probably point you more in the direction of the ESPN article. It's more in-depth. It covers more uh, a broader scope of work. But a really interesting discussion about uh, where Rudy Gobert stands 
in the Utah Jazz organization and some of the things that have taken place over the last few months and how he has changed personally in that time. Also coming up here on the Full Court Press, uh, Deshaun Jackson uh, issuing an apology for some of the things that he posted on social media recently. Uh, Again, be careful how you engage in social media. Take a deep breath. Think twice before you react and post something. It's a good lesson for all of us. Uh, And then Major League Baseball. This is one of those good things we can talk about. Major League Baseball (laughs) revealed their schedule last night. We can discuss that. Uh, But also there's uh, one other maybe concerning thing to discuss. College football. Will it start on time? Uh, There seems to be growing momentum that perhaps it will not We'll talk about that next in the Full Court Press. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. But that, I mean, that's the thing is there is no context. You don't need con. It's right there. It says exactly what you need to know. <laughs> uh, clearly, uh, context is really important on a lot of things. <laughs> this would but be one of when them. you throw out some stuff that's uh, kind of base and that's uh, insensitive, I don't know that I, to degree, racial, racist, racially charged. I don't know that I need a lot of context. Yeah. No. Yeah. Saying, I'm not going to repeat what he said. It's not don't need to. Um, Deshaun Watson, he is in some hot water. Oh, yeah, dude, this is just bad. Posting some things, and uh, I'm not going to get into what he posted because we don't need to glamorize these things. But he said some things that were inappropriate. Basically, he's quoting Hitler and some things that he was saying about the Jewish race and, and Jewish ancestry. But then he turned around and said, well, I don't hate the Jewish race. Well, then maybe you then shouldn't maybe be quoting Hitler. Choose a different way of communicating. Yeah, if you want to express your love for them. What by you're sharing. My heavens. So here's and, and the thing. Quoting some stuff from Louis Farrakhan, who was also very anti-Semitic. So Deshaun Watson issues an apology and uh, posted a video on Instagram earlier today. But you know, just probably shouldn't have never posted anything that Hitler did because Hitler was a bad person and I know that. And, uh, you know, I was just trying to uplift, uh, you know, African-Americans and, and slavery and, you know, uh, just enlighten my people. So on behalf of myself, I just want to uh, let you guys know I apologize. I didn't uh, intend, you know, any harm or any hatred towards any people. I'm, I'm for one, I'm for love. And I extended every, every day. People that know me know I have no hatred in my heart and I never try to you know, put another religion down to uplift my religion or my race. So he's trying to say, sorry, I didn't mean it to be anti-Semitic, basically. But again, be careful about what you're sharing out there. Yeah. And check check your sources. Hey, really quickly, 9315 just texted in and said, I think Utah State handled their situation way better than Utah handled the Morgan Scally situation. Agree? Uh, hard to know because we don't have a result. It hasn't yet. played out. Yeah. Um. And I don't. I mean, initially, when Utah got the word and heard the allegation, Morgan Scally was suspended pretty quickly. Yeah. So they, 
they handled it quickly. When you look at the timeline of, of events, if you stack them side by side, it's pretty similar. Yeah, they're just doing their investigation, and we got to allow Utah State to do theirs, um, and which they're already in process of doing so. And so, so. So based on timeline of events, I think they're pretty, pretty similar. Even, so I don't know that they? I can, can say one's better than another yeah. just yet. Yeah. Let's see how it all plays out. Uh, but again, going back to Deshaun Jackson, look, even if you are posting – or whatever, you've got to find a different way to express whatever it is. And quoting Hitler is definitely in no way, absolute shape, or perform doing you any favors, my man. And then here, what do the Eagles do? Like, this is big time. And I know they're going to, they said that, hey, we've talked to Deshaun Jackson, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Look, I, I think he had to have a, a, a standard that you have to hold to. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, if they, I just think if they give him a pass, then it's that's not going to look. It's going to look fair. really bad on it's the not look yeah, right. So the Redskins. I think they got to say, "Hey, you know what? You, you got to. We're going to do an investigation. Whatever. You know, we're, we, they've already issued a statement. They're not happy with it. They think it was inappropriate, which was the but right the, response. But do they suspend him? Yeah. Now, what do, do you they do issue sensitivity wise? training? Do they uh, have him do some things? Vol- certain volunteer hours. You know. Because those are, if it was the other way around, if it was a uh, a white athlete saying some things like that, disparaging the other way around, then would they be in the league? So I just think they have to be. I'm not saying they kick him off the team, but I think that there needs to be a standard. Just basically that hey, these are the things that we we can and can't be doing. And then color the doesn't matter the color of your skin if you're going to go out and say things that are really derogatory towards another you know, religion or race of people, we can't we can't stand for that. There need to be some consequences. Yeah, yeah, and, and as there should be. So we'll wait to see what the Eagles do, what they decide to, to uh, or how they decide to handle it, but I'd take his jerseys down from sales. I would. I, I'd take it down for the meantime. So. All right, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, that's in the news today. <laughs> the NFL. <laughs> Uh, let's find out what else is going on in the NFL and uh, with this week in the NFL. And then coming up next, let's get into uh, college football. Power five conference commissioners are weighing in on the possibility of delaying the start of football. Division three uh, conference in the division three has already canceled their whole fall sports season. We know the Patriot League has uh, canceled their first three games of the regular season. The Ivy League May not start until the spring. What about the Power Five and Group Five uh, schools, which would include Utah State and many of their non-conference teams they have on their schedule? So discuss that next on the Full Court Press. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Andre Salveson, college football. Will it happen on time? Will it happen? Uh, if you are a non-college football fan, but you enjoy other sports at universities, you need to hope and pray for yeah, some form of yeah. college football to take place. Absolutely. College football is such a revenue generator for everything else in an athletic department. 
that um, if it doesn't happen, it causes significant ripples throughout the rest of an athletic department. Um, as we said, uh, it's already affecting one member of the Mountain West football, and that's Hawaii. They had a game scheduled against uh, Fordham in early September, and they their league, Fordham's conference, has canceled their first three games. Uh, we hear reports that the Ivy League is strongly considering delaying their start and only playing conference games and only playing them in the spring. That decision is supposed to be formalized tomorrow. But now Power 5 conference commissioners are weighing in and saying maybe a delay makes sense. Ajay, does this get to the point where it starts out as a delay and then it moves to just conference only? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think that's, that's probably I next? think that's when to put what's really the most likely answer you're going to get. I, Ivy League makes their official announcement tomorrow, right, Eric? Uh, about Ivy what League they're tomorrow. going to do. Yep. Uh, and I, we, we talked about yesterday, I think a lot of ADs and commissioners and such will kind of listen closely to what their decision is and why they made that decision. Um, and re- again, I, I think they're... I hope there's a college football season, but everybody needs to understand this, that if there is a college football season, it is going to be unlike any other, and it will not go off without several hitches and changes along the way of some sort. Season might be eight or so games. It will start later. There's going to be conflicts and issues along the way that that every college athletic director is going to have to really mingle himself through and maneuver their way through. Um and the other question is, Eric, is how many teams are playing? That's that's another big question. Is I don't know if all every Division One team is actually going to be playing football. Does football. every conference make the same decision? Yeah. Can you play college football with different differing standards? If one conference decides one thing, can another conference decide something different? That's again. That's. <laughs> Yeah, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey said by late July there should be more clarity about the fall season. But I think that there's there's commissioners who have different agendas. SEC's agenda is to play football. Big Ten, Big Twelve, ACC, same thing. I honestly and I truly think this, Eric, that the Mount West Conference Commissioner isn't thinking about just football. He's actually thinking about a longer-term perspective on what things are going to look like. And how do we handle it? Like, look, great, you're going to play football now? Okay. But how does it affect us in, honestly, December, January, February, March? Are we going to have another spike, another pandemic, where it's going to kill our online, you know, our on-campus classes, where it's going to kill other sports? Then we're, then we're looking at a whole other issue. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby uh, saying trends are not positive. Um, we haven't been told by public health officials or local doctors or scientific consultants that we should stop doing what we're doing. And basically, my feeling is just keep putting one foot in front of the other until you're advised it's a bad idea. I mean, there is news today. I mean, a lot of these conference commissioners, pretty significant people saying, there's some real concerns here, but we're just going to have to still wait and see how things go. But there's positive news. Notre Dame tested all their players 
tested all their staff. They did get one. They did the coronavirus test, and then they did the antibody tests, and they got one person who tested positive. And so, keeping their players all together and their staff together in their own campus bubble, so far is working well for them. There is some thought that it's better to have these players on campus in a controlled environment than having them be wherever. And so if each campus can do its part, then there's a chance that college football could take place. But if the Ivy League makes their announcement that they're going to wait until spring, if anything, it opens the door as a possibility for other conferences or other schools to say, you know what, maybe it does make more sense that we wait. But nobody I, wants to be the first to do that. Yeah, and that, and I think we're gonna. They're going to take their sweet time and wait till the last absolute moment, possible moment that they can to make a decision. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they're gonna they're gonna wait this one out. But there's only so long you can wait. I mean, Mount West Media Days are in three weeks. Yeah, twenty days from now, starting virtual. Uh, and so by then football season will be starting in four to five weeks. I'm not confident that we'll have a full season. (laughs) Me neither. I still think we'll have a season of some sort, eight games or whatever. And I don't know when that's going to be played. I don't, I'm hesitant to believe that we have bowl games. I'm hesitant to believe we have a college football playoff. Oh, and then the other issue, by the way, we're speaking of college football since we're there. We got high school kids in the Valley, six schools, who are waiting. Who are still waiting with about a month away from the season starting to find out if they're still going to have a season this year. Uh, hey, Ajay. Just, just being reported by Adrian Wojnarowski. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Don't. The, uh, they announced earlier that the Brooklyn Nets were not going to send Spencer Dinwoody yeah. to Orlando. You okay. As a precaution. He tested positive. Uh-huh. Well... Now forward Tareen Prince has tested positive for the coronavirus and will sit out the NBA's restart in Orlando. That is four players from the Brooklyn Nets that will not be participating in Orlando. I I just sit it out. Does does Brooklyn even send a team? Yeah, no, you don't. You don't. I know you need reps and such, but this is, yeah. And Bradley Bill's not going for Washington either. That sounds like they've made that decision formal, formally. Uh, that he was kind of on the fence, and then uh, they've decided. You know what? He's had a shoulder injury. He's been rehabbing, and uh, just out of an abundance of caution, he is basically their "quote unquote" top asset. As he could become a free agent, they want to hold on to him. They don't want to risk injury or tampering, and so uh, they're just going to have him stay home. Crazy. It's just been one of those. And, and Adam Silver, he's uh, he's worried that more yeah, positive tests say, might blow article. this whole thing up. Yeah, he's he's worried that if it, and if it does, we're done. We're done with basketball for this year. Think about that. Whew. He says uh, what would be most concerning is once players enter this campus and they go through our quarantine period, then if they were to test positive or if we were to have any positive tests, we would know we have an issue. We would know there's, an es- in essence, a hole in our bubble or that our quarantine or our campus is not working in some way. So that would be very concerning. 
Oh, frustrating. Yeah. But we, hey, we have some good news, there's right? Silver lining out you there. You told there me that there's good news. Maybe good today. Uh, Major League Baseball released their 60 game schedule last night. Let's get into that and look at some of the interesting games that are on the schedule with the hope that those games do actually get played. We'll discuss that next. Coming up on the Full Court Press. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. Hey, if you want to chime in on the show, we'd love to hear from you. 435 331. Are you are you no, serious? That's not right. How about we do this? 435 339 to text. 339 How can people call in, Eric? 435 Yes. 752 Yes. 1069. There you go. By the way, we did get a, a, a couple of texts. Uh, I'm sad if USU doesn't get to play the Washington schools this year because of COVID. We had a good shot with them this year. Oh, 9315. Oh, 9315. Come on. Come on. I love optimism, but I don't think we had a shot versus the Cougars or the Huskies. Especially not against in Washington. The Huskies. Yeah, especially in Washington. I'm not sure how that was going to go our way. <laughs> but I love the optimism. I'm all about it. Yeah. yeah I don't. Not just. Too many questions for me about Utah State. Um, hey, baseball, it's back. Thank goodness. Spring training games are going on. Teams are reporting. They're playing. And the uh, schedule has been released. And opening day is scheduled for July 23rd, correct? Yes, correct. You know, it, it, it's really interesting because usually in a in a season of full of 162 games, home I guess strength of schedule, or uh, I guess yeah, I guess to be strength of schedule really doesn't um, become an impact because you play everybody about the same amount of times interleague division yada yada yada. This year it's totally different with only 60 games, right? 67 percent of it is within your division. Or sorry, 47 percent only in your division. While like usually it's about sixty seven percent, and and strength of schedule is going to be massive, and I guess when and somehow it backloaded and somehow it front loaded, it's going to cause for some chaos. Yeah, when you look at the the schedules this year, forty of the sixty games are in your own division. The other twenty games are will be interleague matchups, and normally that's what you play in a regular season, but that's over a hundred and sixty two game schedule. Um, but uh, this year, obviously, it's it's going to make up more of statistically speaking more of your regular schedule. So uh, that that the difference between an average team and a loaded team, I think, is going to be a lot tighter this year. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, it's all based on the way the schedule is because it's more geography based than balance based. Yeah, and it it it's going to really kick the butts of a lot of these better baseball teams towards the end of their schedule. But boy, opening day looks saucy, doesn't it? July 23rd, Yankees at Nationals, uh, Giants versus Dodgers, and then the 24th, celebrate our Pioneer Day here in Utah, Braves, Mets, Brewers, Cubs, Angels, A's. 
kind of fun to have. And you speak about uh, games to be played more a little bit more regional. Mm-hmm. One of the teams that benefits the most, Milwaukee Brewers. Give me a number on that. Uh, they will travel about just under 4,000 miles for the regular season. For 60 games? Yes. Well, hello. And uh, thanks to the fine folks at ESPN for crunching the numbers, the uh, the Mariners will fly to Miami to play the Marlins and vice versa. That's 3,300 miles each time. So, You know what's really rough for me as a Braves fan? And again, this is credit to ESPN. Uh, but when the 162-game schedule came out, they had a 74% chance of uh, making the playoffs. Now, it's 62%. Based on geography and strength of schedule, and it is brutal for them. Yeah, so if you're a team in the West, you have to log a lot more miles, mm-hmm. in a shorter amount of time, because uh, over the the course of a season that kind of evens out. But if you're in the Midwest or the Eastern Coast, you don't have to travel as much. That's going to make a difference. You'll you know what be, I'm looking. You'll be more fresh. You know what I'm looking forward to? Dodgers and Houston Astros. Uh, it was originally supposed to be played uh, AOS versus NL East, but with the new geographical site thing, Dodgers now get the Astros, and that's the 28th and 29th. Give me some beanball. <laughs> that I'm talking about. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see what the reactions are with Houston and Boston. If too much of everything else has gone on that we've forgotten about the controversy surrounding both of those yeah. teams. Well, how mercy. quickly will that be brought back? Your Cubs got a shot this year? Oh, my God. They got a shot every year. They got a shot every year, especially in a shortened year. <laughs> I'm just excited to have see what Rossi back. can do with them. Grandpa Ross. We'll see what they can oh, do. Oh, I forgot. He's the new manager. Yeah. You're screwed. <laughs> That's right. We probably <laughs> are. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hey, good uh, night, everybody. We'll have some interesting discussions about the NFL tomorrow. Stay tuned. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. It seems like every day we read something different about this state of sports, about what's coming back, what's not, and how they're going to do it, and when they're going to do it. It can be difficult to consume as a sports fan. Do you read every story? Do you believe every story? It's hard to navigate. And maybe we just wait until the dust settles and we see where we are by the end of this month. And I'm certainly in no position to tell anyone what to believe. But I would note that most of us want the same things. We want live sports. It's part of the fabric of our lives. And I think we can all agree we don't want people to get sick, not the athletes themselves, the coaches, the managers, or the people they come in contact with. So we can argue all day, but I think everyone has to acknowledge that this isn't your typical sports debate. We want the same things, and hopefully this will end up being a sports story that we can all rally around and be proud of, hopefully. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.